Thank you for driving out in this weather. Thank you for coming to the house of the Lord. You could have stayed home and just made up an excuse that the roads are wet and you just washed your car. But instead, you, you got in your vehicles and you drove uh, to hear the word of the Lord. That means a lot to pastor. certainly means a lot to the Lord. Thank you for coming out. And thank you for being willing to help with this upcoming uh, sneaker Sunday picnic. Have a, we're going to have a wonderful time here. We're going to try to do it two or three times this year for fellowship. Please see my wife concerning um, making a meal for the Orchiola family. Um, please keep Sister Orchiola in prayer in the family uh, with uh, having lost her husband and uh, the family, having lost a dad and a grandfather. So we just want to uh, lift them up in prayer. It's never easy uh, losing uh, a loved one. Just leaves um, a, a void. We serve a God that is uh, able to fill that void. Amen? Amen. Let's remember that. Everybody say, you know, we were talking about food, but uh, everybody say fasting. And that's what we're doing tomorrow. So don't forget, Thursday is church fast day. Uh, so no food until 5, unless you want to go the 24-hour period. Uh, that is uh, great as well. Uh, so no food and no uh, unnecessary media or media of uh, that would just be entertainment. We understand work-related uh, media, uh, of course. Romans chapter 15 and uh, verse number 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit. That ye strive together. Everybody say, strive together. Now, we, we could stop right there and say, we've got this down pat. The striving together. But he's not talking about striving against one another. He's talking about striving together, Paul said, with me. How? In your prayers. To God for me. Verse 31. That I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. And that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. That I may come unto you with joy by the will of God. And may with you be refreshed. Everyone say, strive together in prayer. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us tonight. Let us hear your word. Father, I pray that you would speak through this vessel. I yield my heart, my mind, my spirit to you. God, that you would minister, that we could leave from this place here today, understanding the value of corporate prayer, understanding the power and the value of when we come together and we pray that fervent prayer. 
Lord, it moves mountains. It gets your attention. It dispatches, Lord, legions of angels. It causes, Father, for the hand of God to be released in our life and in our circumstances. Lord, we are a church that needs you. We need a move of God. We need the hand of God. We need a miracle from heaven. We need a miracle from heaven. And I believe, God, we can receive it through the power of prayer. A church coming together. A church binding together. A church praying together. Striving together in prayer. Father, we just pray, speak to us, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus. And let's just love him together for a minute. Will you do that? Just praise him. How we love and praise thy mighty name, O God. How we love and praise thy name. We worship you, Father. We worship you in the house tonight. Let the blessings of the Lord be upon us. Let the power of God rest upon us, Father. In the wonderful name of Jesus, make us one voice, one voice unto you, God. A church striving together in prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we praise you. We worship you. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Start out tonight by saying how thankful we are for the prayer warriors of the church. We're thankful for our prayer department that Brother Whittingham and his wife are overseeing. Put together a prayer team of uh, five or six individuals, a prayer line that consists of around 15, maybe 20. I'm not sure exactly how many that are on it. Trying to encourage prayer, uh, not only just amongst the prayer line team, but into the church in general. We've been, uh, we've been meeting together and uh, talking and and just sort of brainstorming uh, ways, concepts, ideas in which we can invoke prayer into the body of Christ. This church has withstood the onslaught of the enemy and the adversary through the years because we are a praying church and we are a fasting church. If we lose prayer, if we lose fasting, we will lose the battle. We will dwindle down to nothing, fade away, fade out into the, into the darkness. And people will forget that we ever even existed. It is only through the power of prayer that we remain. But not only will we remain, but we will succeed. We will overcome. We will be powerful in this city. God is putting together a foundation that will withstand any shaking, any quaking, any attack or any onslaught. He's slowly putting all of that together. Why don't you put your hands together and thank God that you're a part of it. We have been chosen and counted worthy to be a part of this foundation that will not just withstand 
but will thrive and overcome and be powerful in the end times. I know that the Lord has wonderful, wonderful things for this church that he has in store for us. And uh, when, the, when the moment is right, he'll open that door and we'll walk through it. But we got to walk through it with prayer. And we have to go through it with fasting. When God opens up the windows of heaven and pours out his blessings upon us, we cannot allow ourselves to become comfortable. No matter how much he blesses us, there's never a moment that we should put our sword down, lay our shield aside, relax for a little while. No, my friend, we're just getting started. We're just warming up. We're just marching out onto the battlefield, watching God put everything together so that we can, so that we together with Him can bring great revival into this city and see our backsliders come home and watch the weary come find the place of rest. Watch those who are tired find a place where they can receive strength. The outcast can find a home. The depressed can find hope. And the list goes on and on and on. We are that refuge in the city of West Palm Beach. We are that refuge in the county of Palm Beach. We are the place when the rich lose it all, they will find they've lost nothing. There is still a God that's got everything for them. We are that place when the poor feel they have nothing. They will find a God and find out that what they've been seeking isn't what they need at all. But it's Jesus Christ. Come on somebody. We're that church that will walk up to the lame and the blind and say silver and gold we have none but such as we have we give unto thee and joy will come to them. Strength will come to them. But all of this is going to happen because we are going to remain a church of prayer. A church that has humbled ourselves in the sight of God. A people that understand that everything we have and everything we are is because we serve a merciful, loving, forgiving God. We are here today because He loves us. We are here today because He has forgiven us. We are here today because He has not given up on us. That's the kind of people the world needs. Not a perfect people. Not a righteous, pious, self, uh, self-indulgent people. But a people who are fully aware that I am here because he's a loving God. Because he's a forgiving God. He's a gracious God and a God of grace. When people understand, when they come into this place and they understand that that is who we are, then they'll know they found home. Because they know they can never be perfect. They can never have, have it all together. They'll never have everything just right. But oh, when they come here, they'll feel right at home. Why? Because only a praying people can keep a God in their midst. We can never live righteously enough to keep Him in our midst. We can never be perfect enough to keep Him in our midst. Why is He here? He dwells 
amongst the praises of his people. He dwells in the midst of a people who has humbled themselves and recognized that we are undone. We are unclean lips. But he is a righteous God. He is a loving God. He is a forgiving God. When they can walk into a congregation like that, that no matter what kind of weakness is in them, they have hope. No matter how many failures abide within their flesh, they have hope. That's the church we need to be, and only prayer can produce that. I want to tell you a separated church who has learned to live a lifestyle separate from the world without prayer becomes a self-righteous church. That's what they become. They may still live the standard, but they are full of men and women of dead men's bones. And there is no love in them. There is no charity in them. We cannot afford that to happen. And the only way we're going to stay humble and the only way we're going to stay full of love and love whoever comes through that door, no matter how many times they fall, no matter what goes wrong in their life, is if we remain a church of prayer, a church that communicates with God, a church that touches God, a church that brings God into their midst. We are a people that have learned to strive in prayer. Paul the apostle said, he, he said, now I beseech you, brethren, I beseech you, church, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake. And for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me. Let's come together, how? In prayer. That word strive there, it means to struggle with a company, to become a Partner with many others in a struggle. Paul the Apostle wasn't trying to sugarcoat anything. He wasn't trying to say that this is a smooth path and an easy way. He said, no. He said, I beckon to you, O church of the living God. Let's come together. Let's strive together in prayer. Let's struggle together. That's what it means to struggle, to fight, to wrestle, to battle, to, to push forward, to push through, to push over, to do whatever has to be done. Paul said, we've got to come together in prayer and we must learn how to struggle together in prayer. Prayer was never meant to be a lay me down to sleep. It was never meant to be some gentle thing I say that brings some pleasant feeling over my body and thank God it does. Thank God I feel him when I call on his name. Thank God when I fall on my face. I feel his mercy and his grace. When I reach for his glory, I feel his power and his authority. Thank God for that. But it was never the design of prayer. Jesus made it very plain why we come together, why we pray. He said it's to move mountains. 
It's to make the crooked, the crooked path straight. Prayer is to come against the enemy. Prayer is about battle. Prayer is about war. And Paul said, if we're going to make it, if we're going to get through this, if we're going to overcome, we must learn to strive in prayer. We must learn to come together as a people and understand that life is a struggle and life is difficult. And every once in a while, a brother's going to fall, a sister's going to fall, a marriage is going to struggle. One of our children are going to mess up and go do something stupid, something crazy is going to happen. Paul said, that's not when you throw in the towel. That's not when you kick them out. That's when you come together and you begin to struggle in prayer. That's when you come together as a church and you love that young man and that young lady back into the house of God. And you love that couple back into relationship. And you love that backslider back into the house of God. The Bible says that the devil knows he has but a short time. I want to tell you everything he has, every power, every trick, every deception, every every uh, trickery, as the Bible says, the wiles of the devil, of the trickery of the devil, he is unloosing it today. Every attack you can imagine, every force that can come. And if we're going to win this thing, we got to learn to come together and strive in prayer we got to lay down the little the little Betty Bye prayers we got to put aside the little five minutes I've done my duty I said my prayer I talked to God we got to get through all that somehow we've got to push into the spirit realm and learn how to call on God and learn how to touch the heavens and say I will not quit I will not stop. I will not give up until I know I have won this thing. There's a reason why the devil wants to separate us. There's a reason why he desires to divide us. He doesn't want you striving together in prayer. He doesn't want you locking up with your brother, locking up with your sister. He doesn't want you coming together in agreement because the blessings of the Lord are upon unity. And Jesus said, if any two or three of you can come together and touching any one thing, agreeing and believing, he said, it shall be done for the glory of the Father that is in heaven. There's power when we learn how to strive in prayer there's power when we get with our brother and sister and we come together and we, we push past that little tear that little emotion and we enter in into that warfare and together 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 we begin to strive we begin to call on the name we begin to struggle we begin to wrestle we begin to fight Lord have mercy, we're, we 
you're seeing so much in these last days against the church, against marriages, against families, against children. So much of an onslaught going on. We can't just go about our everyday business. We cannot forget about our brother and forget about our sister. I thank God for morning prayer. I thank God for the prayer line. The prayer line is an opportunity for me and you to come together and strive together with our brothers and our sisters in prayer. Call out prayer requests. Call out their names to the Lord and touch God with power. I'm so thankful for it. Thank you for keeping it going, Brother Whittingham. Oh, my God, when I get on that phone in the morning and I begin to hear the prayers of the people, my heart begins to melt. Strength enters into my body. Courage enters into my spirit. And I say, oh, God, we cannot be defeated. We will not go down. We are victorious. We are the church. We're binding together. We're walking in this thing together. We're seeing all of these things happen. We can't make it. We, 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 we can't make it without one another. We can't make it without prayer from one another. Learning how to struggle together in prayer. To fight together in prayer. To lock up together in prayer. And not let go until the victory comes. The Bible says uh, the little lady, she's just an old woman. She didn't have any power in the city. She wasn't sitting on the council. She wasn't, uh, uh, she, she didn't have some social uh, position of glory. She wasn't wealthy. She was just a little old woman who was determined to get the judge's attention and see her need met. And Jesus tells the story about the power of striving prayer. Prayer, struggling prayer, prayer that doesn't quit till it pushes through. And finally the judge said, I don't fear God and I do not respect men. But this woman is going to drive me crazy if I don't answer her prayer. And so the judge grants her request. God, Jesus, is the one who said, this is prayer. Jesus said, this is how I liken prayer. Read Luke. Read the word of God when it gives us that example. God told us that. There's a power when we strive together in prayer. A power that my tongue or your tongue could never express. Or explain. Something happens. In the spirit realm. When the church begins to strive in prayer. That nothing else can accomplish. Nothing at all. Second Corinthians chapter. One verse 11. Paul says ye. Also. Helping together by prayer. Striving together in prayer 
It helps us. It's a It's an incredible feeling when someone looks at you and says, I prayed for you today. And you know they meant it. Not one of these, had you on my mind. Well, you ain't got me on your mind. You got fried chicken on your mind. But every once in a while, that brother or sister will come and they'll say, I prayed for you today. And you feel something hit your heart. And many times you'll say, I knew someone was praying because I would have never made it through if someone wouldn't have been praying for me. What is that? It's the struggle of prayer. I know it's hard, brother. I know it's hard, sister, but I'm willing to fight this with you. This is the end time prayer I'm talking about. I'm willing to struggle with you. I'm willing to get down in the in the spiritual mud with you, if you please. And we can wrestle this thing through together. We can get through this thing together. Paul the apostle told the Corinthian church, helping together by prayer. We look at that story. We've read this. We know the story uh, over and over. But I, I want to show a couple of things to you. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex the certain of the church. And he killed James, uh, the brother of John, by the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he perceived further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. They were in the feast. And, and when he had apprehended him... He put Peter in prison and delivered unto Simon Peter four quintillions, and that means four sets of four. So 16 soldiers to watch over him. We're not really, uh, we don't really know exactly where he placed them, but we know they were close by. He intended, intended after the festivals of Easter to bring him forth, and that's not the Easter that you and I know, but intended after the festival of Easter to bring him forth to the people because he wanted to please the Jews. Verse number five, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church under God for him. Now, I want you to understand something. These people that were gathered in that house seeking God, they weren't just holding hands and saying some little prayer. The church was under persecution. They had already seen one of their main disciples killed by the hand of Herod. Now Peter, the leader, the one whom Jesus said, this revelation was not given to you by flesh and blood but my father has revealed this to you the one that Jesus said I give you the keys to the kingdom the one that Jesus said you're not gonna die to you old oh my God it looks like the power of the enemy it's greater than the promise of God greater than the protection of God greater than the prophecy of God he had got Peter in the jail they're gonna kill him like they killed like they killed the other guy James what are we going to do about it? I'll tell you what they did. They stood.
tribe together in prayer. They didn't give up. They didn't stop. They came together in the house. They began to call on God with a struggle. Oh, God, we got to have you. God, we can't quit. We can't stop. You can't let this happen. It stops here. It stops now. I want you to see something. I'm not going to hold us much longer. Peter gets out of prison. The angels come. Big jail break. Peter gets out of prison. The Bible says he comes to himself. He realizes he's not dreaming. He realizes an angel came and uh, took the chains off his feet and his hands, unlocked the, all three of the doors leading through the different chambers of the prison. He's now out in the street. He's a free man. And the Bible says in verse number 12, Acts 12 and 12, and when he and when Peter had considered the thing, when Peter said, my God, what a miracle. When Peter said to himself, this is an amazing, miraculous event. When he considered the thing, what thing? When he considered that I was locked up in prison. There were chains on my hands, chains on my feet. Four guards at the first gate, four guards at the second gate, four guards at the third gate, and four guards, four guards just sort of roaming the halls. And they're all watching me. When Peter considered the thing, he said, this is unbelievable. It's incredible. I can't believe it happened. What did Peter do when he considered the thing? He came to the house of Mary the mother. Mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Simon Peter knew the only thing that got him out of that prison was somewhere the church had came together and they were striving in prayer, struggling, battling, fighting. Come on, put your hands together. This shows me that this, this was a practice of the church. It shows me Simon Peter knew right where to go. I know where they're at. I know where they're praying. We pray there all the time. We've had so many miracles there. We broke through barriers there. I know where they're at. that be said of us? Oh, it's 6 a.m. in the morning. I know where Shelly Ann's at. <coughs> yeah? It's 6.30. Shelly Ann's on that prayer line. Yeah. Yeah. It's noon. I know where so-and-so's at. They're on that prayer line. Peter considered, he said, only a miracle can do this. I know where to go. I'm going to go to Mary's house. Because that's where we come together. And that's where we pray. Now, I know that we're, we don't have a place to do that. Although we have launched 
connect groups, and I am so excited about our connect group. We've got six that are started already. We're going to be training at least at least six more. We're going to have a connect group in every zip code. From each one of those connect groups, every about every 10 weeks, two more connect groups are going to come. What are they doing? They're having church in the home. They're having prayer in the home. We're learning to struggle together in prayer, strive together in prayer. We're finding out about serious situations from a brother, and we're not going to quit until we get an answer from God. We're finding out that one of our sisters got cancer. No, God, you're, no, God we're not going to let her go with cancer. We're going to touch you. We're going to reach you. We're going to struggle. We're going to fight. We're going to war. And we're gonna, that cancer is going to be cast out in the mighty name of Jesus. We, we know there's division in the home. There's division in this couple. No, God, we're not going to let it happen. And we're going to begin to strive in prayer together. And we're going to fight. I believe that a lot of things that God allows to come our way, even failures that we experience, are to teach us how to pray. God allows failures in your life so you can look back and say, I could have made a difference. But I didn't. But this time, I will. This time, I will. Don't get in the mully grubs about your mistakes of yesterday. God is walking you through life. But learn the lessons that he's teaching you. Learn from the things that he's showing you. And as a church... If there's a church on the planet earth that should know how to strive together in prayer, it ought to be the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. Whatever thing we've gone through and everything that we have faced, I'm not satisfied with just hearing a few people say, I can't imagine how, how are you still together. Every church that ever goes into school, they end up folding, they end up dividing, they end up tearing apart. But, but you've been there for 15 years and your church is still strong and growing and, and you're sending ministries out all over the country. I want more than that. I want to turn this county upside down. I want every man and every woman to know who we are and where we are, and not because we're great, but because we lifted our God so high, they can't help but see Him. And that is going to be done through the striving of prayer. God is calling us. He's calling this church. We need to learn to struggle. Twelve and eighteen. Simon Peter got away. Everybody was kind of freaking out. Herod went looking for him. Well, he's at his mother-in-law's house. He's right where half the church is. Over Mary, he's not his mother-in-law, I'm sorry. Was it, who was Mary? Yeah. And uh, he's over at Mary's house, they're having a prayer meeting. Herod, you can't find him? No. No, you can't find him, Herod, because God put his wings around me. And God said, no, the power of the striving of prayer from the church has hid this man from you. And 
you will never get him again. Look, look at verse number 12. Now, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers. <laughs> what was become of Peter? They were freaking out. Because when the church really learns how to strive together in prayer, we will bring perplexity and confusion to the kingdom of Satan. They won't know what to do with us if we learn to strive in prayer. 2 Corinthians 1 and 8. <coughs> For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant. Now look at Paul the apostle. Talking to the uh, Corinthian church, church of Corinth. For we would not Brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia? That we were pressed out of measure. The things that we went through were beyond our control and ability to handle. This is Paul the Apostle talking. You know, you got to go read over where he says, Thrice was I beaten, 40 stripes save one, shipwrecked, starved to death, stone left for dead. This is the guy we're talking about here. He says, the trouble I met in Asia was beyond my measure. It was above my strength. Insomuch that we despaired even of life. I looked at old Silas, or maybe it might have been Barnabas, or whoever uh, he may have had with him, uh, Mark at the time. I, I, we, we said to ourselves, man, we got out of some tight spots, but we are not getting out of this one. It is above our strength. It is beyond our ability. The pressure is more than we can handle. <laughs> he said, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Paul the apostle said, now don't misunderstand me. I died a long time ago. So if they would have killed me there, that's perfectly fine. He said, in another place for me to die is to be with Christ. So this isn't, I'm not talking to you about this so that I can tell you uh, how hard it was on me and how difficult of a time. He said, that is not my purpose and what I'm saying to you. I died a long time ago. I, he said, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. We didn't care if we died. We should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from a great dearth, and doth deliver in whom we trust, that he will yet deliver us. Here it is, verse 11. Ye also helping together by prayer. Paul said, this is what I want you to know. 
I was in Asia. I was beyond measure. It was above my strength. I couldn't handle it. It was over. It was more than I could take. It was beyond anything I could handle. But because you, the church, was willing to strive with me in prayer through your prayers and the mighty hand of God, I was able to get out of this thing. I want to tell you right here, right now, I need your prayer. You need our prayer. And so because I need your prayer, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to strive in prayer for you because when the time comes that I'm in Asia, I'm hard-pressed. I'm next to death. I want to know there's a church somewhere. There's a brother, there's a sister on their knees, not just predicating for God, but you're striving in prayer. You're struggling. You're groaning. You're moaning. You're travailing. You've got intercessory prayer going on. And we're going to get through this. Some of y'all here today, you know good and well. The only reason why you're here is that a church prayed for you. You know, there's an old song, someone prayed for me. Had me on their mind. That's all I know. Luke 18, 1 through 8. Don't go there, sis. I'm not reading these. We find the woman and the judge. I talked to you about Luke 11, 5 through 8. The friend who borrowed the bread. All of these were examples of Jesus Christ concerning prayer. Give me bread. I got a friend that came over. My children are asleep. Leave me alone. No, 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 no. I need bread. Give me bread. I got a friend that came over. Listen, I already told you. Everything's put up. Everything's shut down. My kids are in bed. Leave me alone. Now, now uh, some history will tell you the reason why I kept referring to his children is because they would lay the kids over the, the trap doors from underneath. And uh, it was... Uh, so that if, you know, an animal or a person tried to break in, it would wake up the kids, and they were the alarm system. They were, they were Google in that day, alarm system. And, and he was saying, to give you bread, I'd have to wake up my children. I'd have to stir up the whole house to give you bread. Give me bread. Gets out of bed, opens up the cupboard, kicks the dog, pushes the kids out of the way, moves the goat, lifts the door, throws the bread out. And the guy says, thank you. And Jesus said, that is prayer. When you don't quit, you don't stop. No, you're persistent. You seek till you find, you ask until you get the answer, and you knock until it's open. Genesis 32, 24 through 26, we know the story. Jacob wrestles with the angel to the break of day. Genesis 18, 23, 23 through 32, Abraham intercedes for Lot. All of these are examples of the church striving in prayer. The Lord is just saying, he's, he's wondering, he's asking. He's asking, are you willing to perspire just a little in prayer? Are you willing to strive just 
a little empathy. And I'm going to tell you the beauty about this. Is that once you lock into that struggle, even if it's at midnight, Jacob, once you lock into that struggle, there's something gets a hold of you, and you just won't let go. Once you get into that arena, it just gets a hold of your heart, gets a hold of your mind, gets a hold of your spirit, and you lock in with that angelic being, theophany of Christ himself. You lock into that, and you say, we're not letting go till this happens. What will happen when the whole church begins to strive together? I'll tell you what will happen when the church strives together in prayer. Whatever you're praying for could be three jail cell doors deep. And God will go through every layer. And he will take that Simon Peter out of the innermost part of the dungeon. And he will walk him out into the streets and he will set him free. Because the church is striving in prayer. Let's stand to our feet, if you will. James 5 and 16. Confess your faults one to another. I've heard people preach that this means you ought to tell someone else your sins. That is so far from what that statement means. There's only one person on the planet you need to confess your sins to. And just you just let pastor believe you're perfect. You talk to Jesus when it comes to your sins. Confessing our faults one to another so that we might pray for one another is no more than two people coming together recognizing that neither me nor you are capable of solving this problem. We are not able. We do not have what it takes. Confess your fault. Confess your weakness. Confess your inability. Confess to one another that only through Christ can you accomplish this. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we all know we could stay right there and preach for an hour on that as well. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 1. Finally, brethren, Paul says, pray for us. That the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord. When the church comes together, we should strive in prayer. And you know what we ought to be praying about? That when the preacher gets up to preach, whether it's pastor or guest minister, that the word will have free reign and free course through this congregation. We ought to be striving in prayer Binding everything that would try to hinder the word of God from entering into the ears and into the heart of those that are hearing. 
we ought to be striving in prayer, locked up with Christ and as a church, binding together and becoming one in Christ together. Loose your word, God. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because there will be people sitting on these seats that if the word of God doesn't have free reign, they will not respond. They will not be baptized. They will not be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We must strive together so the word of God is loose and has free course. And so that we can be delivered for unreasonable, wicked men. So God is asking the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. Are you willing to just go a little further than just prayer? And enter into what the Bible calls striving together in prayer. Or joining a company. And struggling together in prayer. Battling together in prayer. Travailing together. Touching God. Pushing through flesh. And we all know that's true, right? And I'm, do I'm done. We know that's true, right? You know how it is. When you first start praying, now every once in a while, and there are a few of you that are still well, a couple of you. But every once in a while, you can, you can open your mouth and it's just instant. But most of the time, we start praying. Now, you ain't no more praying than petting your dog. You're just talking. You're just warming up. But after a little bit, the Lord says, man, I better go down there and help that fella out. And you'll feel the spirit move on you just a little bit. And that'll give you that old jump start you need, Brother Mata. Next thing you know, you kind of kick it up a gear or two. And you stay at that for about 15, 20 minutes, and you'll be on your face, weeping, crying, talking to God, proclaiming victory and power. What happens? You push through the flesh. That's all. It's when you push through the flesh and you get into the rim that you begin to strive in prayer. And we have a unique circumstance, so we can't necessarily come together. And, but I'm going to tell you what, when we had our building, we had morning prayer. There was only four or five of us showed up there. And we were averaging 780 people on Sunday morning. And there would only be about five or six of us show up morning prayer. At least I got 30 people on prayer line. I'm, I'm six times more than I was. Look, why? Because it's so easy. You roll out of bed. Some of y'all don't roll out of bed. I can tell. I, I can hear you. I mean, that one right there is still in bed. And then every once in a while, I'm not even going to go there. All y'all prayer line ladies and Gentlemen know what I'm talking about. You roll out of bed anyway. We come and you get on that line. I promise you, it will bless you. You get on the prayer line. It will bless you. And it will change your day. 
And it's the only way, method right now, outside of our connect groups that we have formed, that are going to multiply, that we're able to come together and strive together in prayer. Amen. Well, it's 20 after, so I'm, I'm not going to have you uh, come down, but I would like for us to pray for just a moment. And we're going to ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. And this is something that, you know, I want us to just take home tonight. Just take home with us. Think about it. Sit down. Think about it tomorrow while you're fasting. Think about it. Let God talk to you. And, and uh, you know, this, is, this kind of prayer I'm talking about, you don't do every time you talk to the Lord. But we should certainly do it more often than we are now. And God is desiring to do incredible miracles amongst us. Incredible miracles amongst us. But in order to do that and to see it accomplished, we've got to come together, strive together, struggle together in prayer. And that's what adversity will do for you. That's something the Lord showed me. I know you're standing. One more thing. I promise you. One more thing. Lord showed me this a while back in my prayers about the situation and how long it had been. And the Lord began to count off all the young men and women that had left this church right at 30 now that are either full-time in ministry or at least receiving part of their income from ministry. Almost 30 young men and women. Many of them are pastoring. Some are missionaries. Others are uh, youth pastors and different uh, leaderships in different churches. Many of our young men and girls are, are leaders in their other states. And some are leaders right here. We have three or four right here in this church that are over Florida and some in, in some area. And God began to show me. The Lord showed me, he said, it's the adversity that caused that. These young men and women grew up learning how to pray, seek God on their face, and believe God just to get them through every single day of their life along with this church as you guys continue. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to give us a great church. I believe he's going to do it. I'm just saying we don't need to say, woe is me. We just need to shout and thank God for everything he's done for us and everything he's brought us through, all the blessings that are in our life, all the ministries that have come out of this church. And we've, I was counting, we've got right now, um, I have to go back and look at the list again. I don't want to exaggerate. Um, so, but at least 20, probably more like 25 young men and women who feel they're called to preach that we're working with right now. And in the next five, ten years, there's going to be another whole flock of them gone. That's why we can't grow. We send people, we send too many people out. I'd rather stay about three, four hundred and have about 150 churches in America that came out of this church than be a church of a thousand. And I can't even, I can't even see anything going on out there of what we did, of what we sent out. This is what the church is about. Father, I thank you for these incredible people that are here tonight. Lord, I'm asking you that this word that has been ministered here this evening, that you will let it get it in our hearts and somehow that we will understand the power, the mountain moving power 
that comes when a church learns to strive together in prayer, struggle together in prayer and get a hold of you and be persistent and not quit and not give up, but push through to the glory of God. Father, and, 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 and focus in and touch this one thing and bring it before you and believe you for it and trust you for it. And, Lord, we are that church, and we are struggling in so many areas in prayer. And, God, we are struggling in prayer for a place to call our own, and we know you're going to do it for us. We're struggling in prayer to bring our backsliders home, and, and oh, God, you're going to do it. Lord, we're struggling in prayer, Father, to see an incredible influx of souls, Lord, and, and you're going to do it. We're struggling in prayer to see our marriages strengthened and our children serve God, Lord, and give their life to you in the kingdom, and we're seeing it done. We're seeing it happen. We're seeing it come to pass. You're answering our prayers. And Lord, we're going to continue to do it. We're not going to give up. We're not going to stop. We're going to be that church that overcomes adversity. We're going to be those people that walk through the fire and, and even the smoke of the flame will not be upon us. God, we're going to be that church that comes out of the lion's den. We're going to be that church that floats on the ark. We're going to be that church, God, that walks walks out of, of, of the Sodom and Gomorrah. We're going to be that church that doesn't yield or give or quit or stop. We're going to strive in prayer and overcome the adversary. We are not ignorant of his devices. We will bind him in prayer. We will overcome him through fasting and prayer through the power of unity of prayer and the striving together of prayer. We will defeat the enemy somebody shout amen go to four or five people and tell them I will strive with you in prayer go tell them God bless you I love you you're the greatest people on the earth I love you God bless you